Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. I believe um, this word I have for us today would really um, sum up the season that we've been in as a people, as a country, even as a world I don't talk a whole lot about COVID and the virus and all of this, but today we are in Acts chapter 27, and uh, we've got one more chapter that's next, year, next week, and we will finish the book of Acts. And so we've been in this series called A Journey Through the Book of Acts, and what we've been doing is going through just about every chapter and just uh, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us from His Word and it's amazing how God has done that, hasn't it, over, over the period of this series? I mean, we took a break during the holidays, but that's what I love about the Bible. You, you can literally pray and ask God to speak to you for what you need that day. Okay, tomorrow's Monday. Try it if you don't already do this. In the morning, before you start your day, say, Lord, I'll need you to speak to me today. Give me ears to hear, and I just pray that in Jesus' name. And then uh, if you have a Bible plan, go, stick with it. God can take any word and apply it to you. I'm not big on, you know, like that. I like to be led by the Lord, but uh, every time I've done that, sometimes I'll read a scripture and then I'll turn and go over somewhere else. And, but God always will speak to us and give us what we need. Uh, and so that's how we've been doing through the book of Acts. And it's been a journey. It's been an incredible. Uh, and so here today we find the apostle Paul. He's a prisoner and he is being transported from one city all the way to stand in front of Caesar, the most uh, notorious and, and powerful man in the land. He's going to the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, to uh, give his case. He, last week we looked at him as he stood in front of King Agrippa, which is the second highest court, and we took the words of King Agrippa about being almost, and we talked about how God can make us go from almost to utmost. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you were not here or did not see that message, go back on our YouTube channel. Watch that message because uh, God will speak to you on that. And so now Paul has appealed to Caesar and to Caesar he shall go. He is not on a, on a regular prisoner transporting ship. This is a ship hauling grain and wheat. It's kind of important to know this uh, because that was one of the main uh, resources for Rome. And so they hitched a ride, uh, the centurion. He's the guy that's in, he's the prison guard in charge of these prisoners. We don't know how many were prisoners. We know there were 276 on board. We don't know how many of them were prisoners, but Paul is one of them. They hitched a ride with this ship, and they're sailing to Rome. And in the middle of their trip, they uh, encounter a massive storm, a hurricane comes upon them, and they find themselves caught in this major storm, and I just want to read one verse together, so let's stand, you know how we do, and we're going to read one verse together, and it's really the verse of today, it's already been said during our worship, I want to thank our worship team for stepping up and helping us again and leading us into worship every week, don't they do a phenomenal job leading us into worship, amen? Come on, give some love, even if you're watching from home, with some hearts on Facebook, some hand clap emojis on YouTube, and if you're just watching by the website, just clap your hands real loud in the living room, amen. No. But they do that every week, and, and it's a lot of work to lead a group and, and stuff, and so I want to thank them for that. 
as, uh, as we look at one verse, this is like the verse of the day, and it could be for the year. And in the middle of this storm, Paul is still chained, he's a prisoner, and he is, the storm kind of calms down for a moment. Paul lifts up his voice, and he says this one verse, verse 25, let's read it together. Therefore, take heart, which also means take courage, men, for I believe God. That needs to be highlighted in your Bible right there. For I believe God that it will be just as he told me. In other words, I want to title this today, I Still Believe. In spite of COVID-19, in spite of whatever has happened since 2020, in spite of whatever storm you may be in, maybe totally unrelated to the pandemic and to the time we're living in, because problems still occur. There are other problems out there besides a virus. How many know that? There are other issues. But I want you to know, you may be in a storm right now or in the middle of a very trying time. Well, this word is for you, and this is what I want us to to get the spirit that was on Paul and be able to say and proclaim loudly, no matter what, I still believe that what God has said, it will happen. Amen. That's the word today. Thank you, Lord, for this word that the Holy Spirit spoke through Paul, a man just like us, a human being who had his own struggles, and even in this text, we'll see some, some times when he was facing uh, tough times during this storm. But Lord, he hung on to your word and your promise and was able to be an encourager to those around him. I pray the Holy Spirit, you would do the same thing today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead and grab a seat today. And uh, we're going to go through this a uh, little bit like a narrative style message. Sometimes I, I preach this way. I just feel led to do it this way and then bring some truths out as we go. So I do encourage you to take notes. Um, I, I tell you to take notes, but I like to, you to take notes without me telling you. It's like providing a meal. You shouldn't have to tell somebody to eat. If they're hungry, they're going to eat. Amen? And so even if I'm not able to give you a handout this week, uh, if you're hungry and you said it and you know it, say Amen. You'll take notes. No, amen. So, um, because you only retain so much. And the Holy Spirit, just have your way. Just speak through me today, I pray, as we go through your word in Jesus' name. And in verse 9, we're going to back up and see the context of why, he, why that was such a big verse there in verse 25. Why, why that was such a, a huge deal. Because we've got to give some context here. So they're in a, getting ready to leave in verse 9 and, and, and sail, uh, go out in, in their voyage. Now, when much time had been spent... And sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Got a little echo up here, guys, but I know you can help me get out of that. And he says, I perceive that the voyage will end with much disaster, much loss, and not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion, he's the the guy in charge of the prisoners, he was more persuaded by the captain, the helmsman, and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And then it goes on to say that the majority of the people sided with the captain than they did over the apostle apostle Paul. I just want to ask you, what, what voice do you listen to? What, what, what voice? Are, are, are we more inclined to listen to the majority than, than what the mission of the Holy Spirit has given us? I mean, I think that 
we can all say yeah by that and soon and sometime in our life. But um, are we the type of people that are, that are led by our senses more than the spirit? Here you got, here you got the, the, owner, the owner of the ship, you have the captain, and you have a centurion who says, we're going to be fine. And you got this, this preacher, this preacher man, who is a, is a prisoner, and he's standing over there, and he's going, man, I got a bad feeling about this. I really don't think we should sail. I really don't think we should do this. Uh, who are you going to go with? Most of the time, we're going to go with the, with the captain of the ship. Most of the time, that's how we do. Most of the time, we listen to whoever's got the loudest voice. And this will also will get us in most of our problems. And the Apostle Paul finds himself in a, in a mistake kind of a situation. But he also is there to see a miracle happen. And sometimes the mistake and the miracle happen together. It really depends on who we listen to. Are we the type of person that listens to our senses? I, I prayed this year we would really, as a church people, and if whoever's watching us, that you would make it a goal to be led by the Spirit more than by your senses. Okay, man, that we would learn. I mean, some of us know this, but a lot has happened. And when things begin to happen, we revert back a lot of times to some of these basic needs that we have. That we, you know, we think this is the hierarchy of needs, as, as Maslow said, that we all have. That once we, we attain, you know, certain levels, then, then we're able to look forward. Well, that's not, God has another hierarchy of needs. <laughs> and it is this, seek first the kingdom of God and all your things will be added to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own senses, your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So it's amazing how many things we can avoid and how many storms we could avoid if we would learn to just be led by the Spirit instead by our senses. And this is so good. Amen? But I think one of the biggest problems, if I'm honest, is that it's not that we, it's not that God doesn't speak to us. Our biggest problem is that, that God doesn't speak to us. Our biggest problem is we don't recognize when he does speak. I mean, here you got a captain of a ship saying this, and you got this preacher saying this. I mean, who's going to recognize that that is the Holy Spirit? But that's exactly what the whole, who the Holy Spirit was speaking through. I mean, you go through the Word of God, and the Bible is just filled with so many people that, that um, God spoke to, but they did not recognize and have the ability to recognize. And that's what I've been praying. God, give me the ability to recognize. I mean, the children of Israel prayed for food. God meet our need. We're hungry. You know, it's a basic need of humankind. Please give us food. You delivered us from Egypt. We were, we were eating food in Egypt at least. Uh, please give us food. So God gave them food from, from heaven, fresh food every morning. You know what they called it? Manna. What does manna mean? What is this? God gave them exactly what they were needing, but they did not recognize what it was. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? God will always do that. God will speak to us many times through different situations and through people, and many times we miss it because we fail to recognize when God is speaking. You know, the end of the book of Job, the Bible says, and God spoke to Job through the storm. When I got saved, one of the first, vo- first people that God used to speak to my life and Melinda's life that we became Christians was our daughters. We would send our daughters to church. We had a uh, uh, pastor that was pastoring in our area, uh, Dave Decker. Shout out to Dave Decker, uh, awesome man of God, living our drummer's father, who now lives on the East Coast. Just called me the other day, and I was so good to hear his voice. Don't know if he's watching, but I love you, Dave. But he called me up 
before I even got saved. He didn't know God was already working on me. Isn't this something? I ain't talked to this man in years. I don't even know how he got my number. And he called me and he said, hey, uh, probably my dad. Thanks, dad. And he goes, uh, hey, we're starting a church right here. Want to know if you guys want to come or something? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I love it. He goes, how about if I pick up your daughters? You got a couple kids, don't you? Two daughters? I said, yeah, actually we do. I have two daughters. And he goes, how about we come pick them up for you? I said, you're going to come pick up my kids on Sunday morning, my only day off, and take them for a while and then bring them back? I think that's the Lord, brother. Yeah. <laughs> And every week he'd come pick up my daughters and we'd have them dressed and we'd send them out and we'd, we'd, we got the house to ourselves. Hallelujah. Make me a little omelet, you know, in there and make me some breakfast and football getting ready to start with my heathen self. And there I was. And, and while the kids are worshiping, you know what? God, God began to use that whole situation. Listen, I'm serious. Sometimes we think an angel has to appear in our living room. And that's why we miss God so much. God speaks all the time. Our problem is we are not listening all the time. So he has to send a storm because th then he'll get our attention. But if we learn to listen to the subtle things, and that's what I pray. God, give me ears to hear the gentle voice of the Lord. Not be like Elijah and say, God, you're in the whirlwind. God, you're in the fire. And God said, no, I'm not in none of them. I'm in the small, still voice. My daughters would come home and begin to show us what they did in Sunday school. And, they, and I would be watching the game and I'd hear them talk about God and Jesus and Daniel and David, and I'd have to turn that up, turn up Fox pregame for the game. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was convicting me. They had no idea, and they would talk about God, and they were so happy, and the Holy Spirit began to move on me. He was already working on me, and he began to convict me and say, you know, and I began to think of them growing up and getting older. Am I going to be that kind of dad that's just going to send my kids to church, or am I going to go to church with them? Because after a while, they're going to get to that point where they go, well, dad ain't going. Well, dad ain't going, so why should I go? I begin to think like this, and I know it was the Holy Spirit. When he, was, he began to say, again, that was like the last straw for me was when my girls began to go to church. It was that later that year that I ended up surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. And how awesome it was to be able to walk up into that church with my little daughters and my wife, walking up into that big old church so intimidated, early in my 20s, did not even know what I was doing, had so many insecurities and problems and issues, but I was led there because of the children that God used our daughters. I'm just telling you how to recognize God's voice. The Bible says a child shall lead them. On and on and on again, how God can speak. He will speak. Right now, he may be speaking through me right now to you. I hope he does that every Sunday. That's why I pray and prepare that God would use me to speak to you and speak to our hearts today. And here I am today, by the way, from something like that. So anyway, let's continue with the story. But that's one of the big problems we have is that it, we fail to listen and recognize the voice of God. This whole storm could have been avoided. Think about that. So they, they continue on, and in verse 14 it says that, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind. The NIV calls it a hurricane force wind arose. They're minding their own business. They're going right along and happy as can be. They get a new church building. They have a grand opening. Uh, my daughter gets married the next weekend. And then all of a sudden, COVID-19 hits. The storm hits. I should say 2020 hits because this whole thing we've been in is really more than just a virus, right? I mean... We can handle a virus, but there's so much that we have been, that's been attached to this thing that we've all been going through. So many just interruptions and misinformation and 
politicization and political influence and, and divisiveness and, and inconsistency and, and truth and you can't trust them. And it's just been weary. It's been wearing everybody down. It's been, you know, I looked up, I don't want to discourage you, but I just do this. You can look up the effects COVID-19 has had on society. Okay, just look that up, and it starts with mental health, health and, and, and the children and, and suicide rates and alcohol and uh, drug use and uh, prescription drug abuse. Everything is at an all-time high. It, it'll get you depressed. It really will. And, it, and it, the economic impact that it has had. But here's one of the big ones, it, how it affects us socially, is that we have, it's like people lost their ability to communicate and, and, and to talk and, and to sit down and have conversations. And we don't even realize what's happening, but it's really taken a toll on us as, as a people. Have you noticed that? Like, you talk, even small conversations, like thank you or holding the door open, or th- them are absent. Them are, like, them are like gone. And I think social media and this whole thing forcing us, you know, uh, first we were told to be shelter in place, to be away from everybody and to be by ourselves. And then we go through a racial, uh, huge um, tension and uprising. And how do we overcome that? By coming together. Well, we're not used to coming together and we're still struggling with that. So, I mean, there's been a lot. There's a storm. If you ever want to see yourself in the Bible, like I always say, I think it's right here in Acts 27, right? Everything's just going right along. Everything's going smoothly. And then we've been hit pretty hard in all of this. And it goes on to say in verse 18, when they were heavily damaged by the storm, the new living says, heavily damaged by the storm, that they threw the ship's tackle and then later their cargo overboard and they were just driven by the wind. In other words, they just lifted up their sail. It wasn't a sailboat, but a sail was, I mean, it was, what they did is they quit trying to steer and they just totally relied on the wind and they were just driven. Many people are like that because of the season we've been in. First of all, they throw aside their cargo. What did I tell you they were hauling? They were hauling, what, grain and wheat. That was, that was the purpose of the voyage, was to take this cargo from one side of the Mediterranean, uh, the east side, all the way up to Rome. I mean, the people were reli- relying on that. That was, their, that was their purpose. And here, because of their storm, they're throwing away their purpose. They're throwing away things that, that used to hold valuable, things that were important to them. Because they're beaten down. And they're kind of like just giving up on some of their purpose. That's what a storm can do you if, if it's bad enough. You start just, you know, get things on your calendar. And you got things that used to get you up in the morning. A purpose and a drive. And you'll no longer have them. You're like, what's the use? And they just give them. They're just driven by the wind. In other words, I'm just going to settle. I, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. I guess this is just the way it's going to be in my family. I guess my kids are always going to have that kind of relationship. I guess, you know, I'm just always going to be single. I guess I'm just always, you know, going to have this kind of marriage. And, and we end up just being just like the ship where they were no longer uh, loaded down with purpose and, 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 was, and was guided and had a mission. No, no, no. They threw everything aside and now they just threw up a sail and whatever the wind blows, wherever the wind goes, whatever happens, whatever's going on this way. I mean, it's just how we are. We're reacting more than leading. I think that's a pretty fair description of what we've been going through as a people for a while now says that uh, the next verse, and when they could no longer see the sun or the stars appeared for many days. And again, no small tempest beat on us. All hope, then that's the last straw. All hope was given up. 
We've been in this storm for so long that they no longer have a reference point, which was the sun and the moon. I mean, that's how they guided themselves. They were able to see at least where they are, how far off course that they are. And you realize we really don't even know what what our reference point is anymore. (laughs) Think about that. You know what happens when you don't have a reference point, when you don't know where you're going, and you forgot why you're going? You start giving up hope. Here it is, they, they gave up all hope. They were like, man... I guess we're just going to die here. It's never, we're never going to reach Rome. We're never going to reach Rome. And that was really the message of this chapter, is if you're here today thinking that you're never going to see that thing happen again, that vision, that dream, that promise that you've been holding on to. This is still early, beginning of a new year. I want you to know that God hasn't forgot about that promise, and he hasn't forgot about you in your storm, and he hasn't forgot about us. He hasn't forgot about the call that God has even given this country I still have some hope. Why? Because there's another verse coming. There's a but coming. Tell the person next to you there's a but coming. And it comes to the man of the apostle Paul. First, let's get it out. This is what Paul said, verse 21. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst and he said to them, Men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right there. Did he go there? He went there. He went there. He stood up and he said, listen, I'm about to tell you all some good news, but first of all, just to be clear, y'all should have listened to what I was saying. He's chained. Y'all should have. You made fun of me because of my chains. You made fun of me because I'm in my word and I'm not at the club every Friday night. You make fun of me because I take my family to church and I don't do it. You make fun of me because of my faith, but you make fun of me because of how I live for God. You make fun of me because of my standards. You make fun of me because I'm a child of God. You go ahead and laugh at me, but you're the one that got us into this mess. And I just want to say for the record, I tried to tell you. <laughs> I know it stings. I hate that. I hate when people's done that to me. I hated growing up younger and realizing that my parents were right. (laughs) Okay, four people got it. He did get it in. You know, I wrote next to this verse, devil or decisions. Because sometimes it's not the devil that gets us in trouble, it's our decisions. Preach that, Pastor. Sometimes the devil's not even mentioned in this whole thing. It was a storm that was already going to happen. It was already going to happen. What got them into that storm and caused their ship to fall apart, caused them to lose their purpose, caused them to lose everything, is because of the decision they made to go ahead anyway. Sometimes our problems is not a devil, it's our decisions. Just ask Jonah. Think about that. Remember, way back in Genesis, and then I'll move on, but this is so good before I give you the good part. We've got to really relate to this problem. God told Cain, remember Cain and Abel, the two children of Adam and Eve, the very firstborn. Abel was blessed by God. He had it going on, man. He was living for God. Cain did not. And the Bible says that Cain came before God all depressed and sad. He was sad. He was moping around like, man, God will never bless me. That's exactly what he did. And I love the scripture in chapter 4, I think it is. God spoke to Cain and said, Cain, why are you sad? Don't you know if you just do what I tell you to do that you would be blessed? And then he gives him a warning. But Cain, you think this is bad. He says this, this is a deep verse right here. I've preached a whole series on this message, on this verse before. And he says, Cain, sin lies at the door and it desires you to take you down. But you're supposed to rule over it. 
That's a mind-blowing verse. In other words, Cain, you're, you're struggling right now because you're disobeying me. You, you're not, your brother, he's obeying me. I don't love him more than I love you. I love you both the same. Just like my children, I love my kids the same. But one's going to get my blessing. One's going to get all the, all the kind of accolades and praises and extra everything because they obey when I say clean up the room. Because I don't reward disobedience. That just enables more disobedience. And God's not that kind of parent. He says, I'm not going to enable you and, and confirm you're in your disobedience. I'm going to pull away from you my blessing. I still love you, but my blessing for you is not going to be like it is on your brother for this simple reason you just ain't doing it the way i told you to do and so cain you think he would get the the memo you would think he got he didn't recognize the voice of god and he went out and he ended up opening up the door here come jealousy and it took him out gave him a spirit of murder and on and on and on and he killed his brother that's a powerful verse but here's another big buck coming you ready <laughs> tell the other neighbor who got offended last time he said there's a big buck coming now go ahead tell him that verse 22 here it is and here's the good news I'm going to turn it around right now Paul after he rubbed it in a little bit he had to get a little mm, I done told you a little nasty now he's coming nice here he goes verse 22 but now underline that in your Bible but now even though you caused this storm yourself but now even though you opened the door to the enemy into your marriage and into your family and into your finances and into your parenting and into your life but now but now, God is still able to turn it around. He says, take courage, for there is going to be no loss of life among you, but only this ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God of whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, just as I told you. And then he says, take heart, men, for I still believe that God's word will happen just like he said it. <laughs> Woo, there it is. There's the context of that verse. It's after he's been through some things. It's after he's, he's been through a storm. He's still able to hang on to what the word of the Lord said to him way back in, in Acts chapter 9 when he was knocked off of his horse. God said, I'm going to use you to go to kings. I'm going to use you to preach in front of dignitaries and political and powerful people, Paul. Way back in Acts 9, this is 25 years later, 25 years later, hasn't come to pass yet. And now he's in the middle of a storm because he's believing this God and he's following this God. And he's right there in the middle of losing everything. But yet he was able to say, I still believe. Just look at that verse, but now take courage. You must appear before Caesar. There's a word granted at the very end. And indeed, the angel said this. An angel said this to Paul. I don't know if he physically appeared. I don't know if it was a voice. He was down in the bottom with the rest of the prisoners. He's alone praying with God. Everybody's just so hungry. It's dark. It's stormy. They're sick. It's just a bad scene. And all of a sudden, this dude appears. I don't know if some sort of a, some sort of a thing that he saw or a voice, but he appears and he comforts Paul and says, God's going to do what he said he's going to do. You say, Pastor Reddy, well, I don't have an angel. Well, you know what an angel means in the Bible? It means a messenger. Right now, he's speaking a message right to you, saying it's going to happen just the way he said it's going to happen. The big problem is that next verse. Are you going to be like Paul and say, I still believe it? Or, nah, I'm going to listen to the captain of the ship. I'm going to listen to my senses. I'm going to listen to Fox News. I'm going to listen to CNN News. I'm going to listen to YouTube. 
Are we going to learn to be a people to make it through this year and to keep going where God's called us to be, not only as a church, but as a human being? We've got to learn this discipline to be able to get along with God and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in my finance? What do you want me to do in this relationship? What do you want me to do in, in, in this situation to move on and on? But, but he says this. He says, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Now, when I was writing this sermon, I, I began to think about COVID and how we've lost some folks. We've lost some people. Maybe you're watching online and you've lost businesses and you've lost, we've lost some things. And, and, you know, what do you say? I begin to think about that. And the older I get and the more I go through life, man, I really, like this word stuck out to me. I never had this word pop out to me before, but it did. And, th- and that was the word granted. That every day and every gift is a gift. The word granted is the same root word for forgiveness. When you forgive somebody who don't deserve it. It's the same word. God says, you don't deserve to survive this storm because I tried to warn you way back there. But I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to give you, here it is, a second chance. Even though you've opened the door to this storm, even though you've made some bad choices and made some bad mistakes, I'm still going to grant you a second chance. That's a good word. That's a good word. That's a good word. And it reminds me of when Jesus one time was preaching. And Pilate, he was like a governor of Rome. He went right into a church while they were having worship services. And he executed some Christians. And he took the blood of those. I mean, blood everywhere. That's how barbaric it was. And they took the blood and they mingled it in with the pagans. Let the pagans come in there and take the blood. Mingled it in with their sacrifices. And they offered it to their false gods. These are God-fearing, loving people who were executed by Pilate. It's in Luke chapter 13, by the way. They come to Jesus and say, Jesus, explain that to me. If God is a loving God, how can these people have a, a, be murdered like that? Why are, there, why are there school shootings like this? And thank God we need to be praying for Oxford. They're returning to school for the first time tomorrow. This is something we live with as a society. Is these crazy, uh, these, these just heinous acts. They came to Jesus. That's why I love the Bible. The Bible doesn't hide these things. The Bible addresses them. And they came to Jesus with that. And Jesus said, oh yeah, you think that's bad? Jesus prevents an, uh, presents another story. He said, what about the Tower of Shalom? fell and killed 18 people. Shalom means peace. <laughs> so they're, they're building a tower called peace and it falls on them and it kills them. So we tend to think that, you know, God is, is only over here and when the real life heavy stuff hits, where is God? That really reveals, I don't want to be mean, but it really just reveals if we have that attitude, is our failure of, uh, and exposes our Bible illiteracy, really. Because everybody in the Bible, everybody, except for, I can count on one hand who didn't go through a hard storm, who made it. Everyone else went through, I'm reading right now, Acts chapter 27. The greatest apostle ever lived, and you read his life, he's been stoned, he's been beaten, he's been shipwrecked, and by the way, he knew more about the captain because he's been through three shipwrecks at this point. Three shipwrecks. So he goes, hey guys, 
my knees kind of, uh, you know, doing that thing, that spider sense is happening. I, I done been in this before. We're going to have another storm. You ought to need to listen to me. They're like, man, you're just a crazy preacher. You don't know nothing about real life. You don't know nothing about running a business. You don't know nothing about the stock market. You don't know nothing about family. You don't know nothing about my sexuality. You don't know nothing about my struggles. You don't know nothing about Snapchat and my Instagram and TikTok and Micknock and everybody else. You don't know somebody. You're just a preacher over there. God says, I'm trying to get your attention. I may not be on all those other things. But I'm a voice of truth that never expires. And if you will listen to the word of the Lord, it can save you a storm. Jesus flips the script on those stories and he says, guys, guys, you're asking the wrong questions. You don't ask why they were taken. You need to ask yourself, why are you still alive? Why didn't that tower fall on you? Why weren't you there at that church service when Pilate came and executed them? Guys, but we're all, he said, so likewise, you all are going to perish. One day, whether it comes through a crazy, crazy, tragic accident or through a virus or through this or through that, we're all going to go out of this life through the way of death unless the Lord comes, which I'm hoping and believing he's coming. But it's still going to happen one way or another. We're going to get through. So Jesus says, you're asking the wrong questions. Don't ask, why did that happen? Ask, why am I still here? What is my purpose? Luke 13, you need to go back and read it because Jesus brought it right to him. If you got a pulse, you got a purpose. And if you made it through this, because God has a purpose for you to do. And that's how Jesus spun the whole thing around. That's exactly what Paul is saying. And the angel said to Paul, I'm going to grant everybody's life on that ship. Because obviously there was a purpose for everybody on that ship. By the way, Paul, that word I spoke to you way back 20 years ago, I didn't forget it. You're going to go and stand before Rome. You probably didn't think it was going to be this way. You thought you'd be, a, be on maybe a cruise ship. Maybe you thought you were going to get the royal, you know, red carpet rollout. You didn't think you'd have to go through a storm. You didn't think you'd have to go through this. Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. You're going to have a lot of kids. And in those days, that was a blessing. <laughs> if he said that to some of us, I'd be like, what? What you talking about, Willis? But he said, Abraham, you're going to have a lot of kids. He was like, ooh, Yeah. 25 years later came Isaac. 25 years. He got a little, in 15 years, he had Ishmael, but he birthed that in the flesh, and that's our problem. But Abraham waited 25 years. He finally had Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah fall in love. They, have a, they wanted to have a kid. Guess what? 20 years later. 20 years later. The new songs wore off. Our little Bible plan, we don't gave up on that. Scriptures we underlined and highlighted and believed. God. How long would we last? Think about that. Pick a person in the Bible. And I guarantee you they waited some time before it took place. And as we close, this is the main part of the message. Paul stood up and he says, Therefore take heart, men, for I still believe God. And that's the thing. Do you still believe? Listen, you just got, this is a message to say, man, I still believe. You've got to find it somewhere in that you're still going to believe. And then he says the very next verse. However... We must run, run aground on a certain island. <laughs> it's going to happen just as God says it's going to happen. This thing's going to go away, and it's going to be the greatest year. However, it may not go away, and it may not even get worse. Come on, come on. Do you still believe? Do you still believe? Come on, I'm trying to preach to you today. Do you still believe? Paul said, listen, you think it's been bad. It's, it's going to get worse. And then you read a couple verses later. I'm not going to read it until you can read it later. The ship began to fall apart. 
They grabbed cables and they ran it under the ship. I mean, Luke gives a very detailed description of this voyage, an entire chapter. I mean, the passengers started, the, the prisoners, it got so bad that the centurion said, okay, kill every one of these prisoners lest they escape. Because if any of them escape, Caesar will kill him. So he's like, kill them all. And then the Bible says, then they, then they decided to save Paul. He said, kill them all, except for this guy. He's, kind of, he's got something going. He's weird, but he seems to be right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. And they ended up not killing them because here's the, here's the last part of the verse. So, so the Bible says the rest of them, they grabbed planks. They grabbed planks. Hand me this plank. And other pieces of the ship. And in this way, I love this. That's a nice plank. That's a nice plank. I asked for a plank. This is a nice plank. It says that they grabbed a piece of a ship, pieces of the ship, and, this, and in this way, everybody reached land safely. In what way? In the way of holding on to something. This is the message of chapter 27. This is the message of how you're still going to believe. You've got to have something to hold on to. You've got to have something to hold on to, church. For Paul, it was the promise that he was going to stand in front of Caesar. Notice the angel didn't give him a new vision. Notice the angel didn't say, you know what, it's been 25 years, so let's give up on that. Here's a new vision for a new year, for a new time, for a new season. You can... No, 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 he was like, uh, there's nothing new because what God said is going to happen is going to happen. Joseph went through his whole years of being in the prison, in the pit, and being lied on and being in prison. God never gave him another dream. He had the only two dreams in the beginning of his life. He never got another vision. It was still the same dream, and it was still the same vision. My message to you today is, what are you still holding on to? What are you, you got to have something to hold on to that you can grab a hold of in the middle of this season. And Flo, if you imagine them guys grabbing onto anything they could, to survive that storm. And for Paul, it was the promise that he was going to go stand before Caesar. When that boat began to fall apart, everybody was panicking. Paul was like, man, I ain't panicking. I just told me that. I don't, I, I, he, may, he may cause me to walk on water. He's done it before. Oh, I, I'm, he was so confident. He was so sure that he was going to see stand before Rome. And that's how he was able, that's how you and I need to be. In spite of COVID-19, in spite of 2020, in spite of 2021, whatever's going to happen this year, you and I have got to grab a hold of God's word. This is the message. And say, I still believe his promise. I still believe it. That it's going to happen just as he said. Just as he said. For Abraham, it was his children. For Isaac, it was a child. For me, when my daughters were little, and now we got a grandbaby coming. Guess what? I'm claiming Third John over them. Third John says that it fills my heart with joy to see my children walk in the truth. I, when Linda and I hung on to that verse since our girls were little, that was what we held on to, even through their teenage years. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. You may have some kids not serving God. What are you holding on to? What do you still believe? 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 What are you holding on to? What are you holding on? You've got to get a hold. This is, it says, and this is how they all made it to shore. This is how U.S. Coast Guard didn't come. Say, okay, here's another way. Jump in. It was a boat. It says, no. Even Paul said, listen, God done promised. This is good. God done promised that I'm going to get to the, uh, 
stand before Caesar. So, but you know what? I'm going to grab a piece of wood too. I'm going to grab a piece of wood. I've got to participate in the prophetic vision that God has given me. God's just going to cause my family to walk in God and you don't even come to church. God's going to bless my finances, but you don't tithe, you tip. God's going to make all my family just come together and we're going to reconcile and be cool, but you won't talk to them, you won't reach out to them, you avoid them, you run away from them, you still hate them, you still talk about them, and it gets back. You ain't grabbing your plank. Doug, I get practical today. Well, how come the Lord's not, not doing this in, in my health and not doing this in my life? What are you doing? What, 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 what are you standing on? Faith without... Y'all know your Bible. Ain't no new word there. You don't flip and say, oh, works. I was just kidding. James 2 was just for James. This is the new word. You can do whatever you want. Just quote the scripture. Just listen to Pastor Eddie, and God's going to get you there safely. Church, this is it. I got to get a hold of this wood. I had a few pieces that hold me through. Getting a 35,000 square foot building and get ready to go in and have all this happen. There's some, there's some planks we've had to hold on to. And made it through, but God is faithful. Come on, won't you stand with me today? Stand with me today. Let's let's start to close out. I still believe. I still believe that it's going to happen just as you said it. That, that's Acts 27. That's the scripture there. Hallelujah. We done dro- drove all the way out here. Let's give them plenty of time to clear the roads up. So just give me. Two more minutes, but they're football minutes. <laughs> My wife says, well, we're getting ready to go. It's two minutes left in the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> An hour later, I saw you said it was two minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think this is more important than anything right here is what? Is you getting a plank. And maybe you kind of let your plank go because someone else had a better plank and you're trying to grab their plank. I don't know where the Holy Spirit is going to minister this message to you. There's so many different ways. Here's the message. You need to grab a piece of the ship. There's a scripture that Paul said earlier in this same passage. Tell everyone to stay in the ship. If they don't stay in the ship, they're going to die. That ship is Jesus Christ. The wood is the cross of Christ. If you don't got Christ in your life, let's start right there. Christ says, my righteousness is, is worthless. But when I hold on to his righteousness, I'm perfect. And maybe you don't have a plank at all. You need to get one today. Maybe you've had one, you let it go. But you need to get it back today and hold on to it. I want faith to come alive in you for this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to just just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Let this word just settle down in your heart. Those that, that are at home, come on, the service is not over. What plank are you holding on to? You need something to hold on to. I don't know when we're going to get out of this crazy season. And, I, you know, it depends who you listen to. It's going to be different from now on. I, I don't know. And I don't care about all that because I'm holding on to a plank. I'm going to get through the other side. And I still believe that it's going to happen just as he said. 
we're still going to impact our community. We're still going to impact Southeast Michigan. We're still going to see people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, discipled. We're going to see men stand up for God and become men of faith and lead their families. We're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see teenagers not be gobbled up by culture and be canceled out by whatever the newest thing is, but they're going to be sold out like Joshua was a young man and he stayed in the presence of God. I believe that's still going to happen for these guys and for your kids. I still believe that it will happen just as he said. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Just begin to worship. Just begin to love on him right now. Worship him. Hallelujah. Just pray to him right now. Worship, Lord. Just talk with him. Talk with him right now. We're going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to ask our altar team to come on up. Guys that are on our altar team, you know who you are. Please come on up, line across the front here. And we're going to sing one more song. This is how we do it. And if you need prayer, you need someone, maybe your hand's slipping off the plank a little bit today. You need to get some prayer. Uh, you need to come up and get some prayer by somebody up here today. If you're going to go to a doctor this week or you got something else going on in your life, don't leave the building without getting some prayer right now. And those of that are watching online, on our social media, come on, type in the chat there what your prayer uh, need is. We got people that are praying for you right now. We got people that's going to pray for you this week as well in Jesus' name. So as we sing this song, make your way up and get some prayer. If not, just stand there and worship. Let this word just settle right into your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just worship. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.